I download movies and stuff. The first thing in my life that I did for fun. Um, I've only really ever felt uncomfortable and I didn't. That's a nice idea. I can't really answer the questions. I'm 42 years old. I'm not a student. Thank you. Thank God. Crowded. Welcome to Crowded. A radio show made entirely of audio solicited from Mechanical Turk workers. Mechanical Turk is a platform for crowdsourcing. The act of taking tasks traditionally performed by an employee or contractor and outsourcing them to a group of people or community through an open call to a large group of people, a crowd, asking for contributions. Each episode, we will have a different theme, gather 10 to 20 hits around that theme, and present the best results in this podcast. My name is Lennon. My name is Mark. My name is David. My name is Joe. And I am one of the hosts of today's show. This episode is about gigs. MTurk workers have been around quite a bit longer than the term gig economy. But with the rise of companies like Uber and TaskRabbit, crowdsourcing finds itself under a larger umbrella. As members of the new gig economy, MTurk workers are now in league with a whole new breed of workers who have the freedom to work when they want and on the jobs that they want, but with none of the security and benefits of a traditional full-time job. Personally, I feel that gig economy is great for my work with after. I'm able to set my own hours and select the jobs that I want to do at the pace that I deem as reasonable. Personally, I feel that gig economy is very good for people who need to work without being at a job all day and can take breaks to do things like take care of the house or help people or take care of children. It really helps not have to be stuck in one place all day and you can still make money. We work on what we want when we want it. Some days are good and some days are not good. Personally, I feel that the gig economy gives a lot to be offered. People can work when they want, of course, but don't always have the work they wish they did. People want success, but can often find that there's a lot less income and profitability in this working on your own that they can have in a traditional steady job. People go in looking for something easy and come out finding that it's actually a lot harder than they imagined and that they're probably better off sticking in the office job for now. But today we're going to take back the term gig to what it meant before being co-opted by overexcited journalists and economists. Jamming out. We're going to hear from Turkers who make music in a number of genres from heavy metal to Bollywood, to R&B. They'll tell us about how they got started, their goals for the future, and even share some samples of their music. Today we have responses from 12 Turkers who will tell us about their best gigs. Stay Stay with us. Alright, how's everybody doing today? My name is Jason. I'm from New York City, born and raised. My stage name is Six Shot The Kid or Marty McFly's my alias. How did my band or my group begin? I used to DJ as a kid. There was a lot of guys in my high school who used to like rapping, so we used to get together. We used to call them sessions, open mic sessions, where people would just get on the mic for a minute and spit what they want. And then from there, we started recording them and handing them out to other people at school. And people started to take notice of the different skills each individual possessed. So later through the years, we linked up with a partner of mine named XL who made beats and had a homemade studio in his apartment. So me and a couple of other guys from the high school, we used to go up there and we started recording songs. We recorded basically 
for fun, as a hobby. We never really tried to take it anywhere. We didn't try to get a record deal or anything. We just enjoyed the process of sitting down, making beats, collaborating, writing songs together, recording, and just overall getting feedback from people in the neighborhood or people on the internet or just, you know, random people we would give our CDs to. We kind of expanded our network online and started working with uh, other people from like Canada, from the UK. The name of the group is uh, Distinct Killer Rebels. We're still together, although we don't make as much music as we used to. We might get together every couple of months, bang out a couple songs, and maybe at the end of the year, put like a collaborative uh, mixtape out for free and let people download it and enjoy it. I do not play a musical instrument, but I'm a vocalist, I'm a writer. I write most of the, the choruses and the hooks of the song. Um, I also write my verse, of course. XL is an excellent beat producer. Um, you have my partner, Swag, King Ruler, Stock, Strategy, all of us, you know, some of us, like I said, are from New York, others from the UK, Canada, we're all around the world. My, my favorite gig I can remember that uh, me, XL, and King Ruler played, it was on a Valentine's Day at a small club. It was like an after-hour spot. They gave us like 10 minutes to rock on stage, and I remember it was like 1 in the morning, and it was just packed still. It was like a bunch of females a bunch of guys and since it was Valentine's Day we rocked out like two songs for the ladies then we did like another two songs for the fellas to have you know the scene popping so it was a great time we walked away with a lot of new fans we gave away about 50 mixtapes you know it was one of my favorite gigs of all time it goes down in history like we just performed so well we was in sync with each other and overall it was it was the passion that the people related to they knew that we wasn't on stage performing to try to get a record deal or sell records and make money we was there because we loved it and it was something that we enjoyed doing and they could sense that and, and they fed off that and the energy in the crowd was just crazy and, and the ladies were crazy and the fellas they everybody had a good time there was no problem even if you didn't like rap music or hip-hop music you still enjoyed yourself and had an overall good time you have yourself a blessed one when i spit these lines thinking one day Randy and I work on MTurk and I'm also a musician of sorts. I've been a DJ for quite a number of years, probably coming up on about 20 now. Over the years we've collected quite a few synthesizers and drum machines, so we started our own side project with the same name as our promotion company, which is Hypersonic. Primarily work on Detroit techno, house music, kind of based around Chicago house. Occasionally do remix the pop song just for fun and for giggles, as they like to say. Well, we've been doing this off and on since about 94, 95, along with my partner Hugh. We've had some small successes, gotten some records out there that a number of national DJs have played, particularly our remix of the Doobie Brothers. Quite 
quite interesting and quite fun and something we just did for the heck of it. But it turned out pretty well and a lot of the bigger guys liked it. We never really put it out there to be signed. It's really been tough lately with the advent of such commercial music that people are calling house music or electronic dance music, which is really nothing more than pop songs with a 4-4 beat. Uh, they're really not electronic music by any stretch of the imagination. It's uh, purely pop music with a billionaire promoters behind them to turn them into top 40 style hits. So we haven't done as much lately as we have been, although recently with all the new gear that's come out by Roland, uh, the reissue of the 808 drum machine and the 303 uh, baseline machine, which we of course have the originals, the TR-808 and the TB-303, uh, but they're very difficult to work with, very difficult to play with on stage. They go out of tune uh, horribly, and God forbid there's any humidity, they really go off the track. Uh, so with this new equipment, we've really gotten back into working again and recording, and we really hope to get out on the road some point. We're limited somewhat since my partner in the band, Hugh, is a doctor. You know, he has his own thing going there with his practice, although he doesn't own the practice, so he's fairly open to be able to play on the weekends. Um, one of our former protégés has done very well for himself and has formed a band called L.A. Riots, and he's very successful. We hope to do something with him since we worked together back in the day a lot. He was part of our DJ collective. We really hope to be able to maybe even dabble in some of the pop music-oriented stuff just to see what that's like, but still our main goal would be producing uh, underground electronic music, Detroit House, Detroit Techno, our Chicago House, some Acid House, which seems to be making a very big revival within the electronic community. But most of the gigs we've played over the years have been at our own events uh, since we were primarily started off as uh, promoters. It's always fun to be able to get up in front of three, 4,000 people and play your music and have it go well. Uh, it's kind of great to have a captive audience since you're the promoter too. That never hurts. Some of our music you could probably find up at our website beyondedm.com. We have some of our DJ mixes up. We have some links to our SoundCloud uh, with some of our individual songs up and some more of our DJ mixes up there. That's about it, you know, we really just formed our love of DJing, uh, the craft of DJing and electronic music back in the early 90s. That's how we met. I was throwing parties, my partner Hugh, I wound up coming to some of them and we found out we had a interest in quite a few different varied types of music, but mostly a love for Detroit techno and a very big love of heavy metal and thrash. One of the few guys, both of us together, being long-haired southern guys who were into heavy metal, they were also into something as disparate as uh, Detroit techno, which is primarily came out of the African-American community and very often the gay community. So we're very unusual for two long-haired southern boys to be involved in that crowd and be around that crowd but uh, over the years those guys come to accept us and uh, you know they understand that our love for the music that we play and that they created has also helped the music that we've shaped over the years and they see our music and they understand that you know these guys really do have a love for this type of music they're not your typical southern long-haired type guys so that's always been very cool to have your music and your band accepted by you know, the people that you've looked up to over the years. 
I really would like to get back to recording and get things out now that we can start our own labels very easily. It was very difficult in the 90s to be on a label and get signed. It was your typical record company type deals where you had to go through and submit everything and go through the A&R process and be signed and this and that. Uh, now it's very easy to start your own label, get distribution just for a few bucks and have it in the inboxes of all the major DJs. So I've been working on setting that aspect up, having my own record label set up have it as an outlet to put our music out and hopefully you know once our music gets out there and back on the scene a little more than we have been in the last few years we'll be able to start picking up some gigs again and getting out there in the meantime i've had a difficult time getting work uh, as a out of work promoter uh, not very many large promotion companies like live nation want to hire someone who used to be a promoter they think you're going to steal their contacts and your work i mean then their work their venues and things like that so to fill in the time i work on mtur not great but it pays the bills keeps me from taking money out of the bank account keeps me from having to be in a nine to five job which is very difficult for someone who's work for themselves the majority of their lives. As I said, my partner in it is a doctor now, so he really doesn't have to worry about that type of thing. But overall, I enjoy the ability to work on MTurk when I want, how much I want, or even if I want, without having to deal with people, without having to deal with the public, without having to deal with the balls, nine to five hours, vacation, whatever. Probably don't make as much money as I could, but the freedom to work on music, go to music shows, and do my own thing to me has been worth it. Hopefully you'll be able to see much more of our work shortly on our website again, which was beyondedm.com, and the band name again was Hypersonic, and we look forward to seeing you guys on our website, and we look forward to listening to your podcast in the future. Thanks for listening, and have a great day, everyone. Checking out the booty girl, checking out the booty girl, checking out the booty girl, the booty girl, booty girl, checking out the booty girl, checking out the Hello, uh, my name is Lee. I'm originally from Port Huron, Michigan, which is where our band began. It started out with me and a friend when we were in 11th grade. Both of us were heavily into HP Lovecraft and decided it would be fun to make a two-part ska slash folk punk band that did Lovecraftian music. Our name of the band was Yogsoth and the Elder Gods. If you're familiar with HP Lovecraft, then you can probably get why the name. We never really broke up, but we don't exactly play music still either. Me and Tim was his name. Uh, we kind of, life took us separate ways. Now I live in Saginaw and he lives in West Virginia. I'd still like to make music. I'd love to learn how to play the trumpet, in fact, help add to the ska appeal of it. We didn't really have any other members, although, I mean, every now and then somebody might lend some talent to it. Other than that, nah, not really. We played ska and folk punk. Both types of music were something that he and I were really, really interested in. You play what you know and what you love, and we certainly did that. I played guitar. 
guitar in our band. I still play a little bit here and there, but not in a band or anything. Just, just kind of whenever I feel like it, I guess. He was vocals. I'm sure you can tell by this recording, but I don't have an amazing voice, and he always had a much better voice, so I just kind of decided. Both of us also played joint roles in writing our music. It was a group thing, you know? We didn't play a lot of gigs, but we did play um, a bar in our hometown a couple times. We played uh, this coffee house that both of us were really fond of. Played some open mic nights. Uh, we never really got paid a huge amount for it or anything, but neither of us went into this to make money. We did it because we enjoyed it, and we were very good friends, and we enjoyed hanging out together. It was just a fun thing to do. Honestly, that that's where a lot of our goals were, was just to have fun with it, to write things we enjoyed, to do it for the enjoyment, and to just kind of build up our own little library of music, whether it went anywhere or not, we didn't care. Just having that for ourselves was what mattered. Truth be told, I still play our music for some of my friends every now and again. It's still a pretty big hit. We never really had any crazy gigs. We certainly had fun ones, like that bar I mentioned. We played there one evening, I think it was a Saturday, and the place was packed, like more so than usual. Played through our set. It wasn't a lot. It was like three or four songs. They had a few other bands coming on, so we didn't we didn't want to take up too much time. But once we were finished, management asked if we wanted to do another few because I guess people were requesting it. We ended up playing through a few more songs, and once we were done, all of our drinks were on the house that night, and it was fun. We just got to hang out with fans and people who enjoy our music, people who actually got the references we were making in our songs, which. To be honest, that was kind of nice too. I mean, not a lot of people into HP Lovecraft nowadays, so to meet other Lovecraft fans also was was pretty great. Oh, you know, there is an interesting story though. I mentioned we formed in 11th grade. Uh, that's when we first started. We wrote half of a song and we wrote music to it, half the lyrics, and then we did nothing with it for like two years. And then one night we were just hanging out at his house and bored and we just pulled it out and finished it up and recorded it over the span of like 20 minutes. It was just right there. It was, it was pretty great. The song I'm going to upload for this is actually the one we wrote there and the one that started us. So I guess that's really about it. I'd rather not give my first name, but I was born in Norwich, Connecticut, and grew up there. The band or solo act began. It really began in about seventh grade when uh, we started. Um, my friend was really into rap. I wasn't into it at that time. Um, I grew up playing the keyboards, um, being in theater, uh, public speaking, that sort of thing. Once the, we struck up this friendship, my, my friend had just tapes and tapes and tapes of the newest rap music, and we would get together, um, and I would play the keyboard, and we would make up raps. Uh, some of it was impromptu, some of it was written. Uh, he was a lot better at writing, I was better at uh, impromptu. It was just silly stuff, you know, a song called The Dragon about bad breath. Um, I had a song called Onions in My Stew about not putting them in. 
So that's really where it began. We had some different incarnations of friends getting together to make those songs. Our inspiration really was, at some point, Brand New Heavies, which I think Guru from Gangstar was involved in. He's passed away now, but we had a bunch of different groups growing up. Fast forward to about, well, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, you know, we decided to take it a little bit more seriously. My best friend at the time in particular, who um, was and is the lead vocalist or rapper, we just decided to get more serious about it, especially he did, you know, I was more of a background role, helping with production, playing some live keyboards on the tracks and at gigs. The band does still exist as far as I know. I don't talk to them anymore. As of about a year ago, um, he actually wrote a rap song about it, and that effectively ended my involvement. I haven't been playing music much lately. I've been awfully busy. I, I mean, I'll always play keyboards. Um, I used to be involved in song production as far back as uh, 19, oh geez, seventh grade, I don't know, late 80s. This would have been on an Amiga computer when there was only four tracks. The other members at that time was a guy named Chuck, his rap name is Intricate. The lead vocalist on Stretch is his rap name. Another guy named DB were in a group before that. Ultimately, it was really the lead vocalist and intricate, and I was playing, like I said, more of a backup role, production, keyboards, creative ideas, input. That music was, was rap, and uh, we played a lot of local house parties, uh, some small bars. The largest uh, gig we probably played was um, a festival in uh, Putnam. That was probably the largest. I don't know how many people were there, but there were a lot of acts playing that day. Goals were really to make rap music that was on par with our favorite artists growing up and also to incorporate live elements, more live elements into rap than is generally seen. I don't know what their goals are now. Um, the album was released last December online and uh, there were supposedly plans to release it physically at a um, pretty noteworthy website with about rap music uh, that a friend of ours from high school actually runs that site. You know, some of our friends did pretty well in that business. Uh, one of them, his rap name is Apathy, open for Snoop Dogg and he's pretty well known. There's actually a video online showing the local area we grew up of his, I forget what song it is, but really our goals were to make a living doing that, but first and foremost to make music that we thought was on par with our favorite artists growing up. I don't know what their goals are now. One fun gig, okay, so we played a local bar called Stashes in New London that's now defunct, and uh, we invited all of our friends, and um, you know, we had a few, quite frankly, drunken standouts that night. An old, an ex of mine um, was being pretty flirtatious at the end of the gig. Another friend of ours who was trying to make it big was getting drunk and wild and being jealous, quite frankly, cussing, saying crazy things. It was kind of a small gathering for a Saturday night at a bar. We were opening for a cover band. I was playing keyboards and some backups and, and whatnot, but ultimately we just had a blast. It was kind of wild and, uh, you know, almost got in a fight with our friend and hooked up with that girl, quite frankly, and at that time we played about four songs off the new album. It wasn't finished. But anyway, had an after party afterwards and just a fun night. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to include a link to that song that, um, basically effectively ended my involvement with that band. Um, apparently it was written about me. That's too long of a story to get into, but uh, I appreciate the hit.
Sky and my real name is S-K-Y-E, which is Sky, just spelled a little differently. I'm originally from California, Oakland, California. Right now I'm living in Atlanta, Georgia. I am basically a solo musician. I sing. I do a little bit of rapping as well. Um, I write my own material. I'm influenced by R&B, soul, jazz, classic, original hip-hop. You know, hip-hop through the times of its origination. Also, I'm a real big 60s and 70s fan. Anything 60s and 70s, I'm all about it. I'm still doing it when I can, and it's still a big part of me. So every now and then I'll post a song up on YouTube or have an opportunity to record something or collaborate with somebody and I'll do it. And my music is like a mix of R&B and hip hop with some soul and some alternative on the side. It's different, it's me, it relates to how I feel, how I think, and my life and experiences in general. I don't necessarily play any instruments, but I have had instrument classes before. I've taken guitar classes, but I never really got into it to the point of being able to really play. But I've learned some chords. Same thing as well with the piano. I do do some work with beats and beat making software. So I have had some experience with that. And engineering as well. I can record myself and I do have studio equipment. So at the end of the day, if I really want to make a song, I'll just record myself and I would have to have somebody else mix it. But I do know how to record myself, so that's something I'm really proud to have learned. As far as gigs, I haven't had on-stage gigs yet. I think I would really lose my lunch. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I have a YouTube channel and I've been on Sirius Satellite Radio before. So I feel like I've reached somebody with my music and it was really cool to have that response and get feedback. My goals for my music are just to reach the person who's listening for it and who can relate to it. It's not about money, it's not about finances, it's not about fame or recognition. It's just about the fulfillment of my calling, something that really makes me happy and just sharing it with the world. One particularly memorable time I had, it wasn't a gig, but it was in the studio. I was able to meet one of my idols, which is Biz Marquis, who's crazy talented and crazy fun. That would be one of the best things that music has ever done for me. I will always remember that. My name is Jordan. I'm from Texas. My band began in high school when me and a couple friends got together. We decided we should make some music. We we kind of started picking out, uh, you know, what do you know how to play? What are you, what are you willing to learn how to play? Because you know we were still in school. You know there wasn't very many options. Eventually, we started picking out what genre we wanted. We went uh, with jazz, 
I started learning the harmonica and the bass and a little bit of violin and saxophone because, you know, saxophone is a sexy instrument. We still get together just as a group of dudes just to uh, talk and uh, sometimes we still do play, but only for ourselves. We don't still do gigs. So we'd play jazz music and uh, we'd go out to, uh, there weren't very many gigs for a bunch of high schoolers who played jazz. So uh, the nursing homes, the birthday parties, and stuff like that. There's not too much craziness that goes on. But this one time, it was a uh, birthday party. We you know, playing. A little kid runs up, throws up right onto my friend. We just uh, kept on playing. Can't really stop the show for that, you know? You gotta make that, uh, that 60 bucks to split between your friends. All in all, it's pretty good. I would maybe do it again if there was actually a, you know, an economy for us, so to say, where could I actually make a decent amount, we could probably get it started up again, but in its current state, you know, just the for fun for us is good enough. We didn't really have set goals, it was just kind of like, learn your instrument to the best of your abilities, take what you can get when it comes, and uh, just have fun, basically. and I'm from Mumbai. My band began from college days. I used to participate in college festivals and we also had social functions being organized by college, school. So that is where I discovered my interest about music and music bands. No, the band does not exist because everyone is busy with their life and everyone has moved on. Yeah, I still play music and I still play guitar and I sing songs. Yes, there were around five people in my band. They were my college group mates. We were working as a team. We mostly used to play Bollywood music and uh, hip hop music. I'm personally fond of keyboard and a guitar. We used to play Bollywood music, party songs and uh, hip hop music. It's just that I was interested in music. It was an indispensable part of my life. So I can say the goal was to just take something in that direction where my quest for music can be quenched. A crazy kick, I can say, that was during a college festival where we performed and that was one crazy night which we'll never forget. Joe, I am from Alabama. Um, majority of my, you know, my gigs uh, were in Manhattan, Kansas. And during the time I was going to Kansas State University, I don't necessarily have a band. I am a uh, electronic music producer and DJ. My band is basically me. I'm about 16 years old. I started uh, making music program called Ableton and from there just went on. You know, I learned how to play the keyboard, the drum pads, and uh, you know, I know a lot of um, technical aspects of producing a song, EQing, um, compression, just a lot more technical side of things. That's 
kind of what I like to spend a lot of time doing, sound design, synthesizer work. You know, I got into it 16 years old. What really drew my attention was bass-heavy electronic genres. Most of my music, I guess, would fit into as a genre category. I do still make music and play music. Um, you know, it's a fun hobby. I keep going with it. There weren't any other members. Uh, it was just really me. Sometimes collaborate with um, another DJ or someone who, you know, was in the same music that I was. For a little while, I had two different, um, I guess, groups you can call it. We, a uh, group of DJs in the same area. We just have shows at random places and, you know, just have a good time. And that's, um, was my main goal getting into it um just to spread i guess the sound around you know get more people interested in bass music and at one point it it was really good we have a lot of people come out to our shows the most craziest one honestly it was right after that movie project x i think it was a movie where kids had a big party at their house we called it project dub we held the show in this double level barn we had about 500 people come out. Uh, we had a bounce house there, crazy speaker setups, um, like four kegs, and played music till like four in the morning, um, spinning on turntables. It was really great. One of the best times of my life. <laughs> Hello, I'm CJ and I'm from Niagara Falls, New York. I am a musician of somewhere over 25 years. Um, I play guitar primarily, but I've also been known to play bass and sometimes sing. Been in a lot of different bands, so it's really hard to say how one began, but I feel like when I started them, it was really just to get out there and play in front of people. I don't think there was a whole lot more than that. A lot of times people want to get into it to make money if they can and I did that a few years ago but um, mostly it's just to get out and play um, I've got a lot of different musical styles that I enjoy and try to play but my playing style for guitar anyway is really kind of a blues slash 80s 90s rock type thing my most recent act was um, with Buffalo City Limits as a bassist and I spent five years doing that and it's really a different instrument a lot of people think it's just two less strings but it's really a different role and what you do with the bass uh, interacting with the rest of the instruments kind of acting as that bridge between the foundation and the cording it was fun, but I got tired of playing bass. I just wanted to play guitar again. We did a lot of really higher class gigs. I was fortunate to do that. It was probably the best paying gig I'd ever been a part of, and it was pretty consistent. We did uh, a lot of private parties as well, particularly uh, the owner of a pretty prominent car dealership had us over to his place every summer. Christmas parties, things like that. A lot of good times. I just didn't want to play bass anymore, so I moved back to guitar, and that's what I'm doing. Doing now and I'm finding that with the other work that I'm doing I'm not really in it for the money so much anymore which is interesting because it was a pretty good source of income 
but I'm finding I'm enjoying it a bit differently again. Yeah, I want to make some cash and I want to be paid for what I do, but it's not my primary focus for going out there. Again, it's just to get out and play in front of people. And I think I've got a uh, good group that I'm working with now that wants the same things, but I think is more musically aligned with what I want to do. The work I did with Buffalo City Limits was primarily what you'd call adult contemporary. Uh, James Taylor, Van Morrison, like singer-songwriter type things. And what I'm doing now is primarily a 90s with some 2000s and 80s sprinkled in. And it just musically fits me better. So I feel like even though I may not make a lot right away or even ever, but I feel like I'm going to enjoy it more and have more fun with it. And speaking of fun, I never really had any wild or crazy gigs. I can think of a few like little hair-raising moments, but nothing that was really stand out in any kind of debauchery or anything. But I did have uh, quite a few fun ones. And one of the most fun ones that I remember was probably about six years ago. And I had always kind of avoided going into this one particular small club to play because it just seemed like a hole in the wall. And I should have known from previous experience that sometimes those are the best uh, places to see live music. And it really bore true that night because I really felt like I was on top of the world, at least in that little 50-person area. I felt like I hadn't played better in years, and uh, the band was really having good grooves, and everything just went really, really well. And I'll never forget that it just took that little dive bar to be one of the most memorable musical experiences I've ever had as a performer. And we made a few bucks to boot, so I can't complain about that either. The other fun one, I would think, I have to go all the way back to maybe it was like 15. I think it was the first or second band I was in. And it was a really heavy, like, metalcore type band. And we played in my living room, and my mother allowed this. We had a few friends over, and we set up a full band in our living room. It really was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I'm also kind of a composer uh, for a show I do called PEDS. Uh, it's based on the Grand Theft Auto series of games. And that, along with some of my other music, can be found at Pawfect Films, P-A-W-F-E-C-T Films, uh, on YouTube. Thanks for listening. My name is Sanjay and I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And my artist named Sanjay began 10 years ago back in 2007 when someone challenged me to finish what I start and to create a CD with all of the songs that I wrote when I was a teenager. I do not play music as much anymore after I had my son. He's five now and um, he's getting old enough to not mess with mommy's music equipment. I'm going to pass the baton to him one day. I am the only member in my band. I create, I write, I produce my own music here in my studio, Sanjay Enterprises Productions. I play mainly what you can call old school R&B. I'm trying to bring that sound back. I play all instruments except for percussion and brass. 
I played um, small parties, weddings, and I did do a couple of summer fests here in Milwaukee back in 2010 and 2011. And the goals for my band is to get back out there and have more fun and to pass the baton to my son. As stated before, the craziest gig I did was Summerfest. They billed me under a children's act when I am a more of an adult act. All of my material is for adults, not children. So as I was playing, I had to rewrite all of my lyrics to fit for, for it to be suitable for children. It was hilarious. And I am including a link to one of my songs. Please enjoy Sanjay. I love you all. Well, my name is Rob, and I'm from uh, Winnipeg, Canada. So I started playing music, I think I was maybe 14 or 15 years old. I think it was in grade 8. So I would have been like, I don't know, like 14 or something. And I got a guitar. Yeah, I just started playing like Nirvana and stuff to learn, like on my own. Like I learned tablature in school, but then figured everything out after that. So uh, we started a band in high school, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of didn't really go anywhere. And then ever since then, I've just been sort of developing music on my own. For years, man, I've been recording like just a, a riff here, a riff there, recorded on my phone or an MP3 player. I mean, I have a phone now, but so yeah, I'd record riff upon riff upon riff upon riff, and then every now and then I'd go back and compile all the riffs and turn them into songs. And then I realized, oh shit, I have like 20 or 30 songs here. So every now and then I go through all the riffs and you know, turn uh, turn them into real songs. You know, group everything together. Oh, this kind of sounds like that, and this kind of sounds like that. So it'll, I'll put that into a song. So the band doesn't exist that I played in school, but now I don't. I consider myself a solo musician, I guess at this at this point, um, because I do make music and I'm developing songs, and I plan on using them in one fashion or another. I've put some of them on YouTube, basically turned them into like finished songs. And I yeah, I play music every day. It's never far from uh, my mind or my routine. Back in the day, there was like three of us in the high school band. Four, wait, one, two, three. No, there was three of us. And there was me, the guitarist, I did vocals. We did like some sort of crazy, I believe we called it forest metal. Uh, we did some crazy metal and I did vocals and guitar and then there was a bassist and a drummer. Now it's just me. Yeah, I've been considering either just going with just guitar and maybe singing or considering adding some other other band members I'm not too sure. I used to play metal but now it's kind of a weird mixture between like folk and metal and almost country kind of music and even some influences from like Mongolian and uh, traditional musics from various countries like Sweden and like Asia and you name it man. It's all kind of mixed into various songs. Sometimes the genres cross over into each other like bluegrass and stuff. Other genres kind of mixed together in songs. It's kind of a mishmash of various types of music. And that's all guitar. Like I play pretty much just guitar. I whistle sometimes too. Because I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to sing. <laughs> well, when I was in a high school band, we played uh, one gig at the community center. I don't think I've performed since then though. I wanted to play at this like folk uh, festival thing. It was like a it's not, a, it wasn't a big time festival, but it was kind of a smaller festival, more like artsy or whatever you call it. That never sort of materialized, but that's the kind of gig that I would, I would play. 
as far as goals are concerned, keep having a way of making music, but at some point actually start to produce it in one form or another or, or perform it in one way or another because, yeah, I can enjoy myself with it, but that's not the end aim or end result, if there even is an end aim or end result. But yeah, I would say I'd like to maybe create uh, an album or actually even better would be to get a few people together and play a few shows or even just solo, but I think I'd rather have support up there because, well, it'll sound more put together, it'll sound more entertaining, it's like, you know what I mean? For one guy to have enough entertainment out of his guitar and his voice, that's a lot of uh, responsibility. I'd rather split it with a couple other people. One guy can play the drums and maybe get a singer or something. And then, uh, you know, I only have to provide one third of the entertainment value. Well, the, the craziest gig was just the first one that I played with the band that we were in. I, I view this as a continuation of the same band because I made the music for that and this kind of like is where that music went later after the band sort of collapsed with this sort of the spirit and everything was still alive anyways, but anyhow, the only gig we played was we were super young and nervous as hell and uh, we were on stage and I think they were even recording it for some sort of like local news thing or something. I don't think we made the final cut though. And just right at the beginning the drummer screwed up and instead of just like playing cool and playing it off, everybody stopped and then turned around and like glared at the drummer. <laughs> that guy was probably so embarrassed. Oh man. So. Yeah, that's uh, just everything in general. Yeah. My name's Patrick, and I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, I've been playing music most of my life, I would say. I picked up saxophone when I was a young man in elementary school. Just to have something to do for extracurriculars, and that kind of grew into a, a love of playing and writing music. And so when I got into Around high school, I started, uh, picked up the bass guitar. I was in the heavy metal. Wanted to kind of be in a heavy metal band. There's a million heavy metal guitars, so the easiest way to get in tends to be the bass guitar. Um, sure enough, you know, within, um, within probably a couple months of picking it up, I met up with a couple of guys. Um, they were a year or two older than me. Uh, they had met a drummer through a guitar center drum ad, and uh, we formed the band. Um, Started writing songs together. We all kind of gelled really well. It was uh, it was fun, you know. It's a it's a nice thing to do uh, in high school. Uh, you, can, you know, you can play around the town, impress your friends, give you something to do during the week instead of just looking for somebody to buy you beer. And uh, yeah, so we used to spend our you know weekends, some days after school, writing music and stuff like that. We were a death metal band, um, which was kind of rare for the area. But as you got closer to the bigger cities, Boston, Providence, uh, below us, there was you know some pretty big scenes there. So we tended to gravitate towards uh, towards Providence. Uh, the bars were a little bit smaller, and once we had a, a decent set of music together, we would start gigging. Uh, we'd go out, just pretty much find anybody that would have us. A lot of them are real shady and make you pay up front for your tickets and sell them. It's just like kind of a waste of time and everybody's money at the end of the day. But there was a couple of bars we went to that had their own crowds that they they seemed to like us. Uh, they treated us well. They paid us well for whatever it was, you know, local shows. You know, they'd still be a couple of drink tickets, not pay much attention if you went out to the bar. So that part was always fun too. And I think, you know, at the, at the time, you don't know a lot about the industry or the music business. So you think everybody thinks they're going to make it. Looking back, it was all a great learning experience. Had I really 
continued with music as I got older, as far as like band settings were concerned. I probably could have taken a lot from that experience, but I do it mostly. You know, this is a hobby now. Something kind of waste my time. But yeah, back in those days, I'd say we thought it was going to be kind of like our career. And as far as the most crazier fun gig we ever had was probably, it was a festival, I would say. It was something that was set up by the guy who used to book a lot of our shows at one of the bars. And uh, he was also in a band, and he was kind of looking for a way to showcase his band and get a lot of people to show up. So he rented out kind of like a fairground area. Not like a giant fairground, but a pretty small. But enough that he could set up a couple of drink tents, get a bunch of kegs, doing a giant, you know, pig roast and all that. Uh, and then there was a main stage, which was pretty large. And then there was a smaller stage as well. And he booked a whole lot of local bands, actually. There ended up being probably a couple hundred, maybe even 300 people there at the end of the day. And because we were really friendly with him, and because we were kind of one of the larger bands at the time that was on the uh, was on the bill, he actually put us right before his band, which was headlining. And so we got to play pretty late at night in front of quite a lot of people after we'd been drinking and hanging out all day. So that was kind of an interesting experience. And that was also my first time probably playing in front of that many people. We actually we knocked the set out of the park. Um, There's people, you know, asking for autographs afterwards, which is something that's really weird when you're 18 and honestly probably not that good. But in these local scenes, there's just a lot of people looking to kill time, and some of them probably trying to grab on the coattails just in case. But that was probably the most fun gig we had as 18-year-olds to be able to play in kind of a festival atmosphere like that, just around tons of drunk people. It was three of us. The band started in 2007. We were called Genital Herpes. <laughs> and um, we just started playing music that was different. The band does not exist anymore. And uh, we occasionally play music together, not as a band, just as friends. There were two other members in the band. We played like weird alternative indie rock music, I guess. Can't really classify it. I played the drums in the band. We played a lot of art gigs and stuff like that. You know, artsy fartsy stuff. I guess our goals were just to be locally known, nothing bigger than that. Honestly, the craziest thing that happened at the gig was we were playing a show and my friend was too drunk to even notice what he was doing. And while he was playing, he started making out with a transvestite who he thought it was a girl. That's it. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. 12 workers were paid $4 each to record stories for this episode. The show was conceived and produced by Jeff Krause. The show was edited by Joseph Colmanero. Music is from AmDisc's Future Reserve label and the workers who participated. For more information about the show, including links to music, contributors, and raw audio files, please visit www.jeffish.com. This episode was made possible by V2, the lab for unstable media. It will be released as part of the upcoming show, The Gig Is Up, curated by Sarah Cook, opening November 24th in Rotterdam. For more information, visit www.v2.nl.